Good morning. morning. How's everybody doing out there? You look very alert and uh, happy today. As a group, I mean, a few individuals, not, but you know, I'm not going to be calling names and pointing out people. Be turning in your Bibles the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We'll begin there in just a minute. We're going to continue on today with our uh, series and studies in the book of Proverbs. Uh, and today it's going to be on marriage and family. And it's primarily going to be on marriage. But uh, when you think of Proverbs, uh, obviously you think of what? Wisdom. Wisdom, practicality. And uh, the Proverbs has uh, a number of things to say about our marriages and our family. And hopefully we'll have a good study today uh, getting into this a little bit and, and, and looking at it. <clears throat> Now, if you're married today, obviously, what are you going to think about? You're going to think about your own marriage, right? And so all the, uh, all the singles and the high school students and the college students say, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, there is a possibility that you might be married one day. And so you can think about that. I mean, everybody's not going to get married, nor does everybody need to be married. But uh, that might happen in your life, and so you might want to think about that. But the truth of the matter is, the things we're looking at here apply to relationships, not just to marriage. Now, it's the marriage relationship, but, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at things that, that are about relationships. And we all have relationships, right? Uh, students, you have a relationship with your teacher. How important is it to have a good relationship with your teacher? Fairly important. You know, if it's a bad relationship, uh, it may not go good for you, if if you know what I'm saying. Uh, How important is it to have a good relationship with your friends? Pretty important if you want to have friends. (laughs) If if you don't get along with your friends, you may not have any, uh, if you know what I'm saying. And so relationship skills and relationship things apply to all of us. So marriage, you think about your marriage. Single or, or non-married people, you might think about down the road. You know, this will maybe uh, be things I can plug into my life. But really for all of us, this plugs in now, here and now. Okay? The title is, and this ought to get your attention, Are You a Troublemaker? Or a peacemaker? Are you? Not talking about your wife. Not talking about your husband. Are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Jesus giving what well, now we know as sort of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, uh, the Magna Carta of Christianity. He says in the midst of that, in verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God, or the children of God. Obviously important to Jesus that you be a peacemaker. Look a little further on in the New Testament to Romans, since we're in the New Testament, we'll spend a little bit of time there. Romans 14 and verse 19. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. That's a big word. What does it mean? Edification. Making it better. 
Making it better would be maybe one way to look at that. What does it mean to edify somebody? To strengthen them, to encourage them. So do whatever it takes, it says, to do what leads to peace and mutual encouragement or mutual happiness or mutual satisfaction in what's going on at that time. Okay, let's skip on back to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. This is all getting our mind going a little bit on this idea of of, uh, peacemakers at, at the very beginning here. Proverbs 12 verse 20. It says there is deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil. And then here's the the point we're really going for here. But joy for those who promote peace. Those who promote peace. Now what does a promoter do? They advertise, but, but they promote. They are pushing something. Those who are pushing peace. Those who bring peace. You know, some people, uh, you know, when they walk into the room, it's like the room gets a little bit brighter with their personality. Other people walk in the room and, you know, it seems like the light's dimmed. Uh, You know, uh, Brother Barnabas, you know, the son of encouragement. Brother Barnabas, uh, the son of get away from me. Uh, You know. There's people in the fellowship. You just want to fellowship them. It's great to talk with them. You always feel encouraged. There's other people you're like, ooh, you know. Not so sure I want to talk to her. She's a real bright light in the fellowship. There's a, there's a personality. There's a type. There's a, a way that we can be that we promote peace. All these passages are on this idea of, of, uh, of peace. Now let's look at the other side. Uh, look over to Proverbs 6. And, uh, and look at this idea of being a troublemaker. Proverbs 6 and verse 12. It says, A scoundrel... Now the newer versions of the NIV say troublemaker. That's interesting. A scoundrel and a troublemaker. You know, parallel words. And villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth and so what they're saying is not bringing about a good uh, 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 effect. Who winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers. In other words, there's a little bit deceit going on all the time. So they, they, they're not saying things that are helpful. They're deceitful in their heart and attitude. Who plots evil with deceit in his heart. He's always stirring up dissension. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in in an instant, and he will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. You ever know someone that the moment they get involved with a group, the group starts having problems? It's like the group of people can be having a great time, very peaceful, very happy, and you insert one person into that group, and within a short amount of time, you got a lot of problems going on. Yeah. That's what that's talking about that. A troublemaker, a scoundrel that, that comes into that, that, that type of a situation. Look a little further on to chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 27. It says, A greedy man brings trouble to his family, but he who hates bribes will live. It's possible to bring 
trouble. If you've got the wrong things going in your life, you bring trouble. It follows you around. Wherever you go, it's there because you're there. Because see, you're either a troublemaker or a peacemaker. Which are you? Are you a troublemaker? Or are you a peacemaker? Now here's where we're going to get a little bit more specific. Come on into chapter 14, verse 1. Now remember that the Bible was written primarily to men. And so many times that you'll have things said about women, you say, well, that, that means about women, or things said about men. For our purposes today, we're going to go gender neutral. How's that? Okay? When it's talking about women, we're going to say, well, it equally, what this is saying equally applies to men as it does to women. When it's talking about men, we're going to say it equally applies to women as much as it does about men. Look at this passage. Chapter 14, verse 1. Remember, the, 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 the theme we're looking at here is marriage and family. The wise woman or the wise man builds her house. But with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Wow. It's possible to be a builder. It's possible to be a destroyer. It's within your grasp. It's within your reach to be a troublemaker. It's within your reach to be a peacemaker. There's actually a couple more passages here we want to look at in this sort of same sort of thought. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 4. A wife of noble character or a husband of noble character is her husband's crown. But a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Yeah, I want to say something here. And and if you're not married, you need to really listen to it. And if you are married, you need to listen to it big time. Just because a person is a Christian does not guarantee them, number one, a marriage, or number two, a happy marriage. Sometimes in the church we, we begin to think, well, hey, I, I gave my life to God and, and I'm a faithful Christian and I'm marrying a faithful Christian. That, that means I, I deserve a happy marriage. No, you don't. Not a passage that even comes close to teaching that doctrine. It's possible to be this good wife. The wife of noble character. It's also possible to be this bad wife. This disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. It's possible to be a great husband. It's also possible to be a lousy husband. It's within my realm of possibility to be a great husband to Chris. It's within my grasp. And she's saying, please do it. But it's also within my grasp to be a pain in the butt as a husband. 
Are you a troublemaker? Are you a peacemaker? Good. Got to be humble by this, guys. This is, this is stuff that bores on end a little bit. I want to hit three different points here about primarily families, but it applies, once, I, once again, it applies to relationships. What I'm talking about here is about relationships, not just about marriage relationships. Number one, the best families, this, this is my, my observation, my experience, I think that, that you'll see what I'm saying is true. The best families are peaceful. They're peaceful. The home is a peaceful place. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. A happy heart makes the face cheerful. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? A happy heart. If you're happy inside, then your face is going to reflect it. A happy heart makes the face you know, look a certain way. But heartache crushes the spirit. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Now look at this. Listen to this. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Wow. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Chapter 17, verse 1. Exact same thought said in a different way. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. (laughs) I'd rather have stale bread (laughs) and have peace than have, you know, a five-course meal and have all kinds of unsettled, unhappy kind of feelings going on around, if you know what I'm saying. We live, you live, I live, every single person in this room lives in a world, in a society today that is very pressurized. High, high expectations are all around us. And... and uh, you know, we live in this sort of modern world of the internet and the 24-hour news cycle and everything is hitting us fast. We, we, we know more than any people that have ever lived on this earth. Uh, you know, one of the reasons sometimes we get uh, so much uh, news and bad news is because in years past, if, if there was a, a, a hurricane in Hawaii, you'd hear about it about a month later. And you wouldn't be worried about it in real time. You know what I'm saying? But in our world today, if something's happening on the other side of the world, if it's dramatic, we get it immediately. We live in this sort of high pressure, high information, a lot of things hitting us all the time, uh, kind of a society. 
Every one of us have some sort of things that are unique to our life that are, that are stressful. Students, whether high school students or college students, you, you may have a big paper, a big test that's coming up and it's due tomorrow and you feel a ton of stress. Now your roommate may not have anything going on. But you feel a lot of stress. You know what I'm saying? And you look at them and they're just fooling around. What's wrong with you? You need to be stressed out because I am. You know what I'm saying? Your job, expectations. Your boss may be a real difficult person to deal with. You deal with that all day long and then you come home on the interstate and you're not doing much interstate and you're just crawling and by the time you get into your house, you're like, kick off! Shut up! Don't bother me! And all she wants to do is just tell you what she did during the day. And you're like, all I want you to do is leave me alone so I can have a moment. And we have all this stress that happens uh, in our lives. That, that, that is just, if we're not careful, what happens is all the stress of outside of the home comes right into the home. And somehow, all of us, I'm going to give you some ideas here somehow, but somehow we've got to sort of leave that out there. And when we come into our home, our home has to be a place of these things, not what I just talked about a moment ago, of acceptance. Your home life, your home relationships, your marriage, your relationships that you're dealing with need to be relationships that are built upon a a firm principle of acceptance. No two people, even people who are quite similar, are exactly the same. Everybody's a little different in life. We need to feel like we are accepted for who we are. Everybody can't be a model of, 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 uh, of somebody else. How many of us at one time or another feel like, well, you, you, you love her more than you love me because she is whatever. She's smarter. She's prettier. She's got a better personality. She, she's easier to deal with. Everybody ha- needs to have a feeling of, I am accepted. I am valued for who I am. Now, outside the house, maybe not. But when I come over the, over the threshold and into our home, that's how my home makes me feel. I feel accepted. The good family has a fair bit of laughter going on. Laughing at each other. And laughing with each other. The best families that are peaceful have meals together. They even have traditions of how that that, that, that takes place. It's how we do it. 
We have uh, 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 the prayer in the kitchen, or we have the prayer around the table, or, or you know, ho- however you do it in your home, it doesn't make any difference. It's just whatever traditions that you set up and that you establish in your home. But but you you have on a consistent basis, not every meal, not every night necessarily, but on a consistent basis, you are having family meals together. Electronics out. The television is not on. Everybody isn't sitting there with their their uh, iPhone next to their plate. You you, you are making a decision that for the next 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you establish in your home, for the next period of time that we have determined, and and as the kids get older, they have to have more involvement into what we determine. You know, when they're little dudes, you just say, hey, shut up, do what I tell you to do. But when they get to be teenagers, and the teenagers are all saying amen to that, come on, preach on, Marty. When they become teenagers, they've got to have part of the decision making that, that involves them as well. Of how how this looks and how this goes, you know. For a long time, uh, one of our traditions was watching Star Trek because I like Star Trek, you know. And 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 then the kids grew up and they voted me out, man. Uh, our our favorite show became something else, but it wasn't Star Trek anymore. They voted they voted as a block. They they, they, they took Dad out, man. He's gone. But you need to have... It's, it's this home environment. You're, you are purposely creating. You say, well, this is just... It's just a relationship. Uh, you know, you're, you're creating something, Marty. It's not real. Yeah, it's not real. It's not real out there. Yeah. But it's real in here. Yeah. In here, we love each other. Say nice things to each other. Compliment each other. You know, sometimes kids... You know, they get into all they can say is something critical about each other. Well, let's have, uh, let's say something nice to Maria Knight. And Ben's over there. What? <laughs> I got nothing nice to say about her. Well, then think of something. Well, she's nice. You're purposefully creating an environment. The home, the best families I've ever known, they create this this retreat from the world, this fortress from the world kind of feeling. There's enough pressure out there. There's enough judgment out there. There's enough, uh, you know, you're not good enough out there. Here, you're not only good enough, you're great. You understand what I'm saying? It's It's an intentional thing that you're trying to build. You're trying to say, man, we may be having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We don't have money for steak. Well, the the passage says, you're better off with PB&J. If you have peace, then have filet mignon where you can't stand each other. And you can't talk to each other. True. You need to listen, parents. You need to listen to advice of people who try to help you with your family. This doesn't mean you can't figure it out. But you don't have to figure out everything. Right. You know, sometimes somebody else figured it out and you just need to listen to what they say and say, that's a good idea. 
It's okay in your mind to listen to other people as they give you advice on, on what's going on in your home and your family, your marriage, and that kind of a thing. Okay, number two. Number one, the best families are peaceful. They're peaceful on intent, and, and you have to work at that. Um, number two, these are things that destroy peace. Okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three basic things here that, that destroy peace. Number one, money. Arguments about money. You, you've just got to be mindful, be careful about arguing about money. In most marriages, someone's a spender and someone's a saver. If you're both savers, you're not going to have much fun. Uh, If if you're both spenders, you're going to be broke. (laughs) And in debt all your life. It really is a good dynamic. It creates friction, but it's a necessary friction, and even even maybe a, a good friction. Someone's a spender, someone's a saver. But you got to be careful. If you're fussing about money all the time, you gotta you gotta say, okay, somehow we gotta we gotta reach some sort of a middle ground here in agreements, so we're not so we're not fussing about money uh, all uh, of the time. I had to laugh. I'm not going to mention the family, but even right before church, uh, the the wife. I was talking to the husband. And the wife came up and said, "I need some money." And and the uh, the husband pulled out his, his wallet and and he had like four ones in it. And, <laughs> And he says, well, I, I don't have any money either. And, and, and you, you could just, I mean, I, you could just feel the stress. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm standing there feeling like I wish I wasn't standing here, you know, <laughs> kind, kind of a thing. And I know they're behaving better than they would if, because I am standing there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> But but you, you did, everybody has this, guys. It's not like it's it's you. You're the you're the one couple in the world. No, every couple has some level of friction about money. But you just got to keep a, a a lid on that, a thought on it that we, we're fussing too much about money here. Okay, and and and, and that kind of thing. It, it destroys peace. Number two, unresolved conflicts, things that you haven't been able. To resolve. I'll give you a couple for instance here. How to deal with your mother-in-law. That can just just be an unresolved conflict. If you know what I'm saying. Extended family. Not just your mother-in-law. Your father-in-law. Whatever. Uh, Their dog. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, You know, just just extended family relationships can be... uh, They're unresolved conflicts. They're not things necessarily you're ever going to resolve. They're just what they are, if you understand what I'm saying. They're the, they're the reality of your life. You know, and we all have some level of unresolved conflict kind of thing. Expectations for the children. You know, sometimes you can have a pretty different opinion between mom and dad, but what do they expect of the kids as far as uh, athletic involvement, uh, 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 a- academic success? These can be unresolved conflicts that can destroy peace. And, and once again, to some degree, when you have these kind of things, you maybe need to talk to somebody else. Maybe you just need to solve it yourself. But maybe it helps to sit down and just talk to somebody else about those kind of things. It can be very uh, unresolved. Uh, life habits can be unresolved conflicts. You know, one of you is really tidy and neat, and the other one's sloppy. Happens. It's not a male and female thing either. Sometimes women are just as sloppy as men. Yes. 
My wife is a pile person. She believes in piles. <laughs> and so we, we have piles, you know, at different places. Trunk of her car is full of junk. <laughs> but see, she thinks she needs all that junk in the trunk of her car because she may get somewhere and need all that junk. She, she needs a screwdriver and she goes into the, uh, and, and, and to the garage where I, I've got all the tools exactly where they need to be hanging in the right places and she gets a screwdriver and goes uses it and sets it down. Wait a minute! That screwdriver is not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be in the garage hanging right there where I want it, where I know where it's at. Hey, I'm, I'm just illustrating the point. Life... Peace has been destroyed. I'll pay for this. But but you you have life habits. You just it's not to say one's better than the other. One's good or, or one's not. I mean, Chris is is way smarter than me. But her desk and my desk look different. If you understand what I'm saying. I'm like, I know I may not be very smart, but I'm at least going to be organized around here, okay? So, but these are life habits that, you know what? Chris is probably never going to stop being Chris. No, I'm not never. She's never going to stop being Chris. I'm not going to start being, or, or stop being Marty, okay? So there's some level of friction that there's always going to be there about unresolved kind of things. And, but these are things that can... I mean, we're laughing right now, but we've had fights about this kind of stuff. Th- these are things that can cause real problems if you let them. But if you realize, hey, I'm not going to let that be that big of a deal. Right. You know? And then you learn to overlook it. You know, the great passage in Romans... Uh, 13 or 14, somewhere through there. Accept one another then. There's a point in time where you accept certain things about another person. You just realize it's not good or bad, it's just the way that it is. So you've got money, unresolved conflicts, and the last thing here of things that destroy peace is anger. Man's anger, woman's anger, whatever. Anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. If you're getting mad on a consistent basis, you, you, you need to talk to somebody about it. You need to realize this is not the righteous life that God wants you to be living. And you need to settle down. You know, life is too short to be angry all the time, guys. And your family is too important to be angry at your family. Lighten up. A little bit. Yep. So you've got the best families are peaceful. You got these things that that can destroy peace: money, unresolved conflicts, and anger. By the way, it is important to say what does bring peace. I wrote down a number of things here. Things in my life. Okay, this is the gospel according to Marty. Maybe you can make a different list. Music makes me happy. Sometimes all I have to do is just start listening to some music, and I settle down. 
I go from being upset to settle down. Whatever music. I don't care what kind of music you like. It's music. Music does that. Um, a certain place. You know, we lived over on the west side, leading the UCLA campus ministry. Chris would, would, would find her way down to the beach about once a month or so. Where'd you go today? Just went down to the beach for an hour. You know, there's places that, that you can have that, that settle you down, that, 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 that you feel better just because you go there. The beach, uh, a mountain, uh, a, a park, uh, whatever. Uh, a certain scripture might be very important for you. Your favorite scripture. I love uh, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Settle down. Be still, Marty. Settle down. Get a grip. Uh, a, a certain meal. You know, sometimes, it, listen, the, the, the two hamburger meal at, at McDonald's can do more to settle me down than anything. <laughs> I'm just like, well, ah, I feel better right now. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just had a meal that I like or, or that, you know, that, that, that kind of a thing. So uh, a music, a place, a scripture, a meal, uh, a workout. You know, I come home from a meeting sometimes. And this has happened more in years past than now. I come home from a, a, a region leaders meeting of the LA Church of Christ. I'd say I need to go running. And I need to go running because I was mad, I was disappointed, I was upset, and I needed to get my running shoes on, I needed to run, and go, and go, and go, and go, and I come home, I'm like, well, I feel better now. I just ran it out. Yeah. You know, so, sometimes it's a meal, sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's a, 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 a workout, uh, sometimes it's just a prayer. You know, uh, whatever. But there's things that can bring peace, but the, the, those things destroy peace. Money, unresolved conflict, and anger. Okay, third, third thing here that I want to give you today. you got to understand, are you a troublemaker? Are you a peacemaker? It's not a gift. It's a decision. And the, the most famous passage in the book of Proverbs on marriage is 31. Proverbs 31. And it's about the wife of noble character. But see, we're looking at everything gender neutral, aren't we? And so we're going to say the husband of noble character too. And this is a wonderful, this is a wonderful passage about this woman, uh, and we're applying it, of course, to the men as well. In verse ten, it says, "A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her. You know, there is nothing that makes me any more sure of myself than Chris's confidence in me." Expressing confidence in people around you. Hey, you can do this. I know you can do this. You're a smart person. You know, th- those kind of things. He has full confidence in her and, uh, and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And it goes on and it talks all these wonderful things about her. And it comes on down in verse 28. It says, her children arise and call her blessed. And so her, her children even say nice things about her. Uh, her husband also, and he praises her. This is what he says. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Then he's building up his wife to other people. He's saying, my wife is a fantastic girl. You know, uh, wives, husbands need that too. 
Hey, my husband, he's a great guy. He's a handsome guy. And, and I appreciate all that he does. But look at this verse 30. Verse 30 is the reason I wanted to come here more than any other. Look at what it says here. Charm is deceptive. In other words, knowing socially how to be charming and, 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 and those kind of things. That's deceptive. And beauty is fleeting. You know what? Some people, I think, are born with better personalities than others. They're just nicer, easier people than others. And some people are just... They're gnarly from the moment they come into the world, man. <laughs> they got an attitude, uh, uh, you know, three seconds after they were born. And, and, and they still seem to have it, if you know what I mean. Everything they do, they got an attitude. And you can see them, you know, you know and they're ticked off and that kind of thing. He, he, he says, these things... Uh, 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 charm and, and beauty, they, they pass. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Amen. Now wait a minute. Fearing the Lord is not a gift. Right. That's a decision. Yeah. See, there's many things about you and me they are what they are because of the, the, the magnanimous wisdom of God in creating us. And we are a combination of our heritage. Our mom and dad, our, our grandparents, and all of that who came in to who we are. There's some things about you that are you. It, 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 it was almost impossible to be you without being you. Being that. But there's other things about us that are not a genetic inevitability. But a decision that we make. We decide to fear the Lord. We decide to love the Lord. We decide to be a child of God. That's who I want to be. I don't want to be what I know I can be. Because we know in some cases that's destructive and hurtful. I know that about me. Marty, in the flesh, outside of the control or the will of God working in my life, I can, I can be a bad person. I know that. I've seen that. And so I decide I don't want to be that person. I want to fear the Lord. I want to love the Lord. I want to yield my will to the Lord's will. That's what Lord means. When you say, Jesus is Lord, that means I want to yield to your will. I want your will to be done, not my will. Now, of course, the beautiful thing is, is Jesus said the same thing. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's what makes Jesus so, so attractive. He's not asking us or requiring us to do anything that He hasn't done already. Right. He did it. He, he exampled it out in front of us. And we just do it as well. Yeah. See, here's the thing, guys, that I want you to go away with this on. Are you a troublemaker? Are you a peacemaker? I think 
I and you have the exact same possibility. I can be a troublemaker. But I can be a peacemaker. I can. You can too. But you're not going to do it if you expect to do it without making a decision to do it. If you hope, you're probably not going to do anything. You have to decide. This is important to me. What do you want to be? Well, obviously, all of us want to be peacemakers. We want to be a good husband. We want to be a good wife. We want to be a good friend. We want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem to the circumstances in our life. It has to be a decision that you make. Because you have the potential and the possibility of doing either one. You can can go down the dark side or you can go on the light side. You can be a worldly person or you can be a godly person. You can be a person that honors God and you can be a person that denies God. It's within your grasp to make that decision in your life. And apparently, this woman made that decision to fear God or to love God, to honor God in her life. Well, I hope that our study today has been helpful for you. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Well, we're probably both at different moments in our life. But guys, let's try. Let's try hard to be peacemakers. Amen? Amen. Have a great week. Remember, we've got a midweek on Wednesday night and then uh, next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week.